We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Ritter Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is January 24th. It's 2020. We have 10 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I mean, Boban hasn't gotten in the game yet as we're recording this. That's a, that's a bummer. But outside of that, life is fantastic. It's Friday tomorrow. Everything's good in my world. I don't think Bowen plays. Yeah, it's definitely possible. It's a likely outcome based on this entire season, but a man can dream. <laughs> no, I said this on the podcast yesterday. I I, I think that game is going to go really small the entire game, and they had like what eighty two or eighty four points at at the end of um, the first quarter. So insane game. Um, but yeah, man, let's, uh, let's jump into this slate. We got a, a lot to cover here on this 10 game slate heading into the weekend. We get started with Memphis at Detroit. No total in this game. Um, on the Detroit side, Brown and Frazier are both questionable. Griffin and Kennard are both out. Um, anything standing out to you here on the Memphis side? I mean, not really. Valanciunas has been playing really well recently. He could get into the 30 minute range, but like he's kind of priced about where he should be at 7-2. Like, it's a little bit tough to get that much upside. Yes, he could play 32 minutes and have a massive outing, but more likely than not, he's going to be in the high 20s here. It's not a terrible play. Like, it's just not one of the great plays on the slate. He crushes on per-minute basis. Imagine per- against Drummond, maybe he gets a little bit more minutes, but, like, 7,200 is about where he should. Morant really doesn't have much upside here at 7K. Like, it's just how it is. It's not a bad matchup, but – is what it is. Jackson could crush, but more likely than not, he's going to get into foul trouble. Or even if he doesn't, 6.6K, it's going to be tough for him to get into to 40 here. Like, he's probably not going to pay off value. But there is one play that I absolutely love in this game. Do you know who it is? I'm talking about him a lot recently. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Why is he 5.7K? I get he Because had... he put up, like, eight fantasy points last time out? Yeah. Yeah, he only played 19 minutes. It was a blowout, like – 
I get that, but the guy just put up 53 the game before. He's been consistently – like, he puts up these – against Golden State, he put up a nine-point game. He can absolutely bust at any time. He can get into foul trouble almost as much as Triple J, but 5.7K, you're not going to find – outside of if some massive injuries happen or if certain injury happens, you're not going to find better value on the slate at 5.7K. Guy is going to crush. He's been putting up – lot of shot attempts, put up 25 against New Orleans, been averaging outside of two outlier games, 20 per game almost. The guy is crushing it right now, and he's priced way too cheap. Provided he stays out of foul trouble, which there's not many guys on Detroit that's going to get him into foul trouble, he smashes here. 5.7K, first game, my favorite play on the slate. Yeah, um, I like Dylan Brooks a lot too. Um, You know, obviously – he was a guy that I was looking at, and I don't look at salary before, um, like pricing before we get um, on the podcast. I always do it first look style. Um, and obviously, I, I'm with you. I think his price is a little too cheap here. I think um, everybody else for Memphis is probably priced pretty right. Um, Morant is a guy that he could he could definitely go six seven x here um, in this spot. You know, when we look at Detroit all season. They've been up and down defensively against point guards. Um, so, I, I think Morant's another guy that you could potentially look at here at 7K. Detroit side of things, they get one of the biggest pace bumps on the entire slate. Um, you know, Memphis plays extremely fast. Detroit, bottom 10. Memphis, I think, third or fourth. So, I think this is a spot, like, we're going to end up looking at some of these Detroit guys. Um, what do you like here for the Pistons? I mean, Drummond and Rose, let me at least stand off the page. Drummond. Did you have him questionable or probable? I saw him. He's probable. Saw, yeah, I saw an update like three hours ago that said questionable. And I looked at the inventory report and it said probable. So just want to confirm with you. But yeah, Drummond, 9.5K. Big upside here. Like it's a matchup that's a big pace upgrade. Could end up in the 60s. Like it's Drummond. It is what it is. And then Rose has just been on an absolute tear recently. Been over 30 minutes or more in the last two games. Averaging close to 40 points over the last 10 or so, nine or so, and consistently in the high 20s, low 30s here. Big usage, putting up a bunch of shots, dishing the ball out. He had a big game last time that was partially because of Drummond, but still did it in 30 minutes. Rose, even at 7 6, I still think he has some upside. Civi, I mean, he's 4.9K. Like, the upside can be there, but more likely than not, he's probably going to end up in the 20. Point range. Don't really see a point in playing him on this slate. There's a few injuries we have to look out for that could provide some value. So looking at him at four eight is just not really, not really an option for me. Mark Keith probably going to end up around twenty minutes with Drummond coming back. Don't really have a whole lot of interest in him. Wood forty seven hundred with Drummond back, not even remotely on my radar. And then that's really it. Like the movie, not going with him either. Just all my interest is in Rose and Drummond over here in Detroit. Yeah, Reggie Jackson, um, he got a big price increase from minimum salary. Came back, played 19 minutes, but he had a 37% usage rate off the bench. 37%. Like, uh, if he plays 25 minutes, he's a guy that could crush this price point. It, but it, it's really all going to depend on the minutes. Like, he was only – he played, like, what, 19 minutes, um, and, like, in the first two games of the season, but he got hurt in that Atlanta game, so – it's really tough to say. I don't think they're going to push him, but 
like the dude took 14 shots the other night and he was the second team like massive usage guy so they said that it's going to be like a week or two before he really sees a minute like increase so i i just he is a he's an interesting large field tournament flyer but i don't think he's a guy that you would necessarily look at um in like you know single entries or you know even double ups yeah, yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, it's really interesting now with Drummond back in the game. Like, Drummond will be on the floor with a little bit, and be, even with him on the second unit, he played 19 minutes in the last game. So him and Rose will be on the floor at the same time for a small amount of time. Um, Rose will lead up the usage there, and then part of the time Drummond will lead up the usage. So I'm not sure that is entirely going to continue. But, yeah, you're right. It is definitely worth taking a shot in tournaments if it's going to continue. All right, moving on. We got Boston at Orlando. No total in this game. Jalen Brown is questionable. Cantor is out, and Jason Tatum is questionable as well. On the Orlando side, I mean you, DJ, Isaac, all those guys that have been out continue to be out. Um, let's start here with Boston. Obviously, this is the one like that we're really going to be watching here at the seven o'clock. I'm glad this is the you know one of their first games on the slate. Because Tatum and Brown obviously make a huge difference. Cantor being out makes a huge difference. Um, what are you looking at here with Boston? Yeah, half the offense is gone. Um, I hate doing it every time, but Marcus Smart, 5,900. Going to be in for a boatload of minutes, depending on if uh, Tatum and Brown are out, and he'll definitely be involved in the offense a significant amount. Hayward, Kemba, both of them are too cheap if both these guys are out. If one of them is out, I don't think anyone's a lock and load, obviously, Orlando. Not a very high-paced game. It's going to be a tough defensive matchup that's being played over in Orlando. But so many pieces being questionable are out here that are huge usage guys. Like, it's going to change things around a lot. So it all depends on the injury news. If every, if Brown and Tatum are in, like, really not a whole lot of interest in anyone. Everyone's priced about where they should be. Brown is the only one with some real potential upside at his 6,600 price tag. Um but if those guys are out, then yeah, maybe maybe Semi gets some minutes here. Thirty four hundred, like not the worst idea in the world. But it's it's really just Kemba Hayward smart based on those other two guys' availability, and maybe maybe you can take a shot on Tice. Maybe he gets a few extra minutes here going up against Vooch. Yeah, so Hayward and and Kemba. Very, very interesting if these guys end up sitting. They both get almost a 7% usage increase. You know, Kemba is averaging 1.36 fantasy points per minute. Hayward averaging 1.24 with Cantor, Brown, and Tatum off the floor. So, if we get news that these guys are going to end up sitting in this game, it's just going to it's gonna open up a lot here. So, um, pay attention. And another thing that you got to kind of remember, if, if Tatum and Brown end up both playing, the Orlando Magic have been one of the best defensive teams over the last two or three weeks. Um, so, I wouldn't go too crazy as far as your Boston exposure if everybody plays. Um, the Magic on the other side of this game, like – you know, Fournier at 56, like, he has a, a little bit of a tournament of appeal here. Aaron Gordon at 59, he has a little bit of tournament appeal. Obviously, Vooch, but, like, I don't see anybody that I feel like is completely mispriced on the Magic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Vooch probably offers you a decent amount. Not a decent amount of value, just a decent floor. I mean, outside of one game against Golden State, like, he's been over 40 virtually every single game. Has 60-point upside, Vooch is really the only guy that I have any interest in. Like, Fultz, you're getting 
Like his floor is not nearly good enough for his price. His ceiling still like outside of the one fifty five point game. He's not over forty almost ever. He's priced at six K. Like you can get six X out of him, but it's not the likely scenario. Gordon, pretty much the same thing as always. Gonna be likely in the twenties. Has the shot at fifty in any given game. This is not a good matchup for him. Fournier, Ross, like really don't want anyone from this game outside of Booch. All right, moving on. We got Toronto at New York, two fifteen and a half total here. Uh, Toronto favored by seven and a half in this game. Patrick McCall is out, and R.J. Barrett on the Knicks is out. Um, anything standing out to you for the Raptors? No, Mike. Lowry is the one guy that's probably priced a little bit too low. Um, he played 35 minutes in the last game. We've seen him be limited in other games based on bla- or blowouts or just based on matchup. Like, he hasn't gone over 33 minutes since the San Antonio game outside the last one. So just the fact that they might be willing to play him in the high minutes, that's what we were going for him at the beginning of the season with everyone back in the offense Everyone takes a hit. Siakam always has upside, but it's not a likely scenario. I'm not paying 7.7K for Van Vliet. This is not a great matchup for him. You know that he's been on a tear, but now that he's got this 1,100 price increase, just not worth it for me. Um, it's really just Lowry is the cheap guy, and like maybe, maybe you can take a shot on Gasol, but he's probably limited to 25 minutes. Ibaka is limited to 25 minutes. Don't really have interest in him. I don't want to pay 5.8K for Powell. Like, OG's cheap, but not really a guy we can trust. Like, I get Van Vliet and Powell have been playing great recently, but just not guys that I want to pay this price tag for with all these Toronto guys healthy. Yeah, like, I think Siakam is interesting just because, like, he finally played minutes in the last game against Philly. Like he played 34 minutes. He looks like he looked like Siakam in that game. Um, 23 shot attempts, 15 rebounds. Like he's a guy that could go for 50 plus fantasy points. He could go for 60 plus fantasy points. So like Siakam and Lowry, probably the only two guys that I, I think are interesting as far as Toronto goes. Marcus all his minutes, like seem to be kind of capped um and, and if they get up in a game like he's like the first guy off the court right now so you know the matchup against new york i think that's definitely something that you have to think about so i don't i just you know not a ton standing out to me on, on the toronto side and then on the new york side like you know julius randall obviously is pretty interesting here but like at 8k he's just kind of overpriced marcus morris his price is kind of caught up with his production I think, honestly, the only guy that I have interest in New York is Elf Payton uh, with R.J. Barrett out. Payton has been playing, you know, solid minutes. Is he out or is he questionable? Barrett's out. Okay. Yeah, I saw that in the injury report. D.K. Asma is questionable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that you're, you're right. Like, Robinson, not going to play enough minutes for it really to matter. Randall's way, way too expensive. Morris got the price bump. It's Payton. He's been putting up consistent 30-point games in the last three games here. He's getting high 20s if it doesn't stay close, low 30s if the game does stay close. He's priced at 5.5K. You're most likely getting 6 out X out of him, and he still, like, recently hasn't had a ceiling game. He has a shot at going over 40 in any given matchup. One versus Toronto is not 
a great one, but still, like, Peyton, even in tough matchups, can do pretty well. Outside of them, like, I'm probably not playing Reggie Bullock at 4K even. Like, just not worth it to me. Not He'll occasionally put up a big game, and more likely than not, he's not going to do anything. So, Randall's too expensive. Morris is too expensive. Peyton's the one guy that has a drastic price disparity between his minutes and production. Houston at Minnesota, uh, 234.5 total here. Houston favored by 5.5 in this game. Gerald Green, Nene still out. Layman still out on the Minnesota side. Let's start here with Houston. You know, obviously, like I said, this is like always like a, a first look for me, but it, it seems like price-wise it's a first look, but like it just seems like Capella is too cheap in this spot. Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. His rebound numbers have gone down drastically, and Westbrook's rebound numbers have kind of coincided with that. If you're stacking this game, don't stack Capella and Westbrook together. Um, like they're cha- They've changed up the offense a little bit in which they're trying to get boards to – Westbrook, we saw this happen over in OKC. Um, but, like, will it continue? I don't know. Uh, as of right now, like, the interesting thing, too, is we were talking about this before the podcast. Westbrook has not been shooting threes at all. Um, I ran court IT with Gordon in the offense. I kind of looked at the flow chart of everything. Like, with Gordon in the offense, like, Westbrook's able to dish it out of the side, to the outside even more, like having a great shooter that's willing to just chuck up shots Westbrook can drive to the rim a lot more. So he's not shooting three. That's could be why his production has been just through the roof recently. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, but the shot attempts have been there, but he just hasn't been shooting from behind the arc. This could be a trend. I don't mind Westbrook. Always a chance that Harden decides to be James Harden and shoot 30 times and actually make shots at once. Like this game's kind of tough to peg. Capella is definitely too cheap. Westbrook and Harden, I think you play one of them. Um, I don't think you play both. And I think if you're playing Westbrook, you probably don't play Capella with him just because Westbrook hitting value is so reliant on him getting a bunch of boards and potentially getting a triple-double. Outside of them, like, Gordon is putting up eight-plus shot attempts from behind the arc recently since he's come back, like, five games in a row, over eight, averaging ten. I, I hate playing Eric Gordon, but 4,600 offers you a little in McLemore, not playing or McLemore, not playing House, not playing Tucker. It's it's really just like if I'm playing guys from this game, I'm either playing Westbrook alone, maybe with Gordon, or I'm pairing Harden and Capello together. Um, yeah, like I, I like Capello a lot. Um, I don't know if I end up on Westbrook or Harden here. I, I could certainly see playing either one of them. Westbrook has been phenomenal recently, at least 60 fantasy points in four straight games. So, you know, I, I, I think Westbrook very much in play here. And then on the Minnesota side of things, like if they stay close in this game, it's probably because of the cat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in all likelihood. Cat – this is a very up-paced matchup here. Cat has been like Cat recently. He's getting low 30s, mid-30s minutes every single game. This is an up-paced matchup. Everything kind of points towards Cat being the guy that he was earlier on this season where we're playing him constantly. Uh, 10-2, too cheap considering the matchup, considering how many shots are going to be there. Like, it's Cat for me. Like, Wiggins, he is better with Cat in the offense, but just not really – 
a guy that I want to play right now. Napier has been getting a bunch of minutes. Like, still don't know if he's a great. I wouldn't. I'm not against playing Napier. Uh, his price is probably a bit too low, but not a great play. I'm not playing Culver and Covington. So, yeah, it's Cat and it's Napier for me. Cat's too low priced, and Napier is just a cheaper guy in the 5K range. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind Napier either. I don't mind Culver for in large field tournaments. Um, I, I think he's very boomer bust, but if he were to get the minutes in this game, I, I think he's, you know, a little interesting. Okaji too, like if you're playing large field tournaments and you want to like game stack this game and you want to play some of the cheaper Minnesota pieces just taking shots, um, he's the other guy that I wouldn't mind just like, you know, in large field tournaments. Uh, Clippers at Miami taking on the Heat. Uh, Patrick Beverly is questionable. Paul George is out. Um, Miami side, Jimmy Butler is questionable. Goran Dragic is questionable. None is questionable, and Winslow is out. Uh, this game on the Miami side, we'll talk about it because it could free up a lot. It also could turn into a blowout if a lot of these guys sit. Let's start here with the Clippers. No Paul George again. Um, you know, I think that if Beverly does end up sitting, I think we have to look at Lou Williams, but also realize, like, the price increase is real. Yeah, no, he's sitting there at 7.4K. Like, that was fine when Kawhi wasn't playing and Paul George wasn't playing. But with Kawhi back, obviously going to take a hit on his usage. The minute should still be there. He's not the worst play in the world, but 7.4K. I don't know if you're getting – like that great of a deal on him. It's a hard match versus Miami. Miami was very good in Miami. Like they've crushed at home this season. Lou Will at 7-4 is not a bad play, but he's not a great play. Kawhi, I mean, he's had 60 in two straight games. He's playing the minutes. The shot attempts are absolutely there. This is not a great matchup, so he doesn't he's not a play that stands off of, stands out on the board here like Cat and Westbrook. Probably two guys there just as good of a plays, but Kawhi's definitely right up there with them. 10-3, expensive, bad matchup, but still it's Kawhi. Harold, 7-2, like not playing him. I don't care if he put up a 44-point game. That was without Kawhi, and he was taking up everything on the bench. He had 20 in the first six minutes, I believe, of the, that he played in the last game. Shamit, not really interested in him. 4,300, he has put up 20-plus in the last two games, but not a guy that really stands off the board. It's Kawhi for me. Like, I had a little bit of interest in Lou Will, but Kawhi, and I'm not sure he stands above either of the other guys priced in the range, or around the same range. Yeah, like, I think Kawhi, you know, obviously with his usage increase and stuff in this spot, you know, he's very, very interesting. Um, I don't hate Lou Williams. Probably not end up there too much just because of the price increase. Um, the other guy, like if Beverly sits, Shamit's going to play 35 plus minutes. If Beverly sits, he's 4,300. He's really cheap. So um, take that for however you want to take it on the Miami side of things. Like obviously it really depends on like, you know, Butler dealing with the knee soreness. Like he's obviously questionable. He's the biggest one. And I think the other guy, like, if Butler and Kendrick Nunn both sit and Goran Dragic sit, like, Tyler Hero, probably the biggest value play on the slate. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who sits. You have three guys or three guys that are all questionable. I'll play the one and two. Like, depending on who sits, usage is going to go up for the other guys. Minutes is going to go up for the other guys. 
like Hero, Nunn, Dragic, Butler. Like Butler's in play regardless of who he plays. Like it's 8-4, a little bit priced up, but he always has upside. doesn't matter what the game is. But Dragic sitting there at 6K, I'm always worried about his minutes even when other guys are out. But if he plays like 30 minutes with Butler out, he could potentially get a big usage boost. He can hit 40-plus. None. If Drogic and Butler are out, none's going to play a boatload of minutes. 5.9K will get a usage boost, has a chance for 40, has a chance for a ton of minutes. But, yeah, if all three of those guys are out, Hero is – I don't want to say lock and load because he's going to be crazy chalky. Um, if we get the news after lock, then start swapping him into as many lines as you can because he's not going to be as high-owned as he should be. Um, but yeah, if we get news before lock that all three of those guys are out, Hero is the most likely candidate to be the highest value player on the entire slate and probably the chalkiest on the slate. I don't mind throwing him in there. Just the sheer volume that he's going to get with um, with all those other guys out based on the amount of usage that he should get, he'd have to have a horrible shooting night to kill you at 4,600. There's very few chances where he doesn't end up with 30-plus minutes, 12 14 plus shot attempts and at 4,600 with the peripheral stats, I don't see him not making value. So a guy that I'm still willing to play regardless, he's going to be in a smash spot here and we'll just have to see. The other guy that I want to, um, you know, point out is James Johnson. He might be like a really low contrarian play. If these guys sit like he's played 29 minutes in back-to-back games here. So, just a guy that, like, if you're looking at, I think he's just kind of interesting for tournaments um, to be different. Duncan Robinson, James Johnson, ways to be different here if these guys sit. Yeah. Um, Sacramento at Chicago, 221 total here. Uh, Chicago Bulls favored by one in this game. Bagley and Holmes are out on the Kings side. On the Bulls side, Wendell Carter Jr., Gafford, and Porter all still out. Um you know, let's start here with the Kings. What do we like here for Sacramento? I hate doing it, but Deadman saying there, 4,600 with both Bagley and Holmes out. Didn't work terrible the other night. Chicago, obviously down to Cornette um, with Carter out and with Gafford both out. I mean, Deadman's some decent value here, but um, honestly, even with his price up here, the elite's at 6,700. I still think. Is probably a little bit too cheap. Um, should be playing high 30s minutes in all likelihood in this matchup. It's not a bad matchup at all. Chicago's not good at defending the four. They could end up playing him at the five a bit. The minutes are going to be there. The matchup is good for him. So B-Elite's a 6,700 is a guy that I'll be looking at. Like I said, Deadman, 4,600, should get a decent amount of run. Harry Giles is 3,200. You can hope that he maybe he gets 15 minutes. And he crushes in him. It's not the worst idea in the world, but a guy that I'm probably avoiding. Buddy, um, Buddy's Buddy. He can go off for 50 at any time. He can get hot from behind the arc, but 6,900, he's priced exactly where he should be. He's just always in play. Nothing really stands out here. Fox, 8,100. I don't think this is the spot where I'll be going with him. Hasn't been doing great recently. He hasn't shot terribly well, but he did get a little bit of a price decrease, but there's always 55-point upside. I'm just not really feeling in this spot. They're decent at defending the one. Like, it's B-Elites and it's Deadman for me that I'm looking at. 
Yeah, as much as I don't want to look at, you know, a guy like Deadman, I, I think he is very much in play here um, at 4,600 with these guys out. Because I, they just – they're not going to play Harry Giles minutes. Like, we, we've come to accept that. Like, Harry Giles is just not going to play minutes. So, like, Deadman is interesting here. Um, Bogdanovich is a guy that's okay. Uh, Bielitsa's price is, is kind of expensive. But he's a guy that could go for 40-plus in this matchup, so I don't hate him. Um, I just kind of wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, I could definitely see him getting, like, 6X. I just don't know if I see him getting, like, 7 or 8X here. So, um, on the Chicago side of things, like, you know, if you're playing a couple Kings and you want to run it back with anybody, it would probably be, like, Zach Levine. Or or maybe if you want to go cheaper, you go with Chris Dunn. Um, With all these guys out, I think, like, you know – the big guy situation is very questionable at best. Um, so, like, I, I lean more towards just going cheap with, like, a Chris Dunn type. Yeah, Cornette's minutes kind of went down. Chance they go a little bit smaller. They play marketing at the five. Dunn's put up 30 and three straight. The minutes have been consistent recently. Probably going to need him in this spot. So, I have no problem with Chris Dunn. And Levine is just – like, he's had two rough games in a row. But he didn't shoot great in either of those games. Shot terrible from behind the arc. Prior to that, he was putting up an average of 50 a game. 8-8, um, eight, eight, slight price decrease. He was at 9-2 not too long ago. Sacramento's not a bad matchup. Yeah, it's Levine and it's done, and that's really it. Um. All right, moving on. We got uh, Denver at New Orleans. Probably my favorite game on this slate. 231 total. New Orleans favored by three in this game. Gary Harris is questionable. Paul Millsap and Jamal Murray are out. Michael Porter Jr. is questionable as well, um, dealing with a little bit of a back injury. And then on the New Orleans side of things, uh, Miller and Kendrick Williams are out still. Um, let's start here with Denver. Obviously, you know, this is a, a really solid pace up spot for Denver. They play at the second slowest pace in the NBA, and New Orleans plays at the fourth fastest pace in the NBA. Uh, what do you like here for Denver? I mean, it's kind of tough to figure out. Um, well, not that tough. The rotation's obviously going to be more condensed with the guys they're going to throw on the floor here. If Porter and Gary Harris are both out, then it's kind of just like you're playing Morris, you're playing. Grant, you're playing Barton. I know he let down and he's got a decent price tag in there at 7-3, but it doesn't really matter. He shot three for 14 from the field in the last game. He still played 38 minutes. So he gets the peripheral stats. He'll get the boatload of minutes if those guys are out. Joker, I know you don't like playing him, but he's probably going to end up with a triple-double and 50 points here. 9-7, I don't know if he's going to play as Townsend's, but this is a big pace-up matchup. It's a great matchup for fives. Joker should crush here. It's just they only have a certain amount of guys that they can really play. If you want to go off the board, it's not the worst idea in the world to go with a guy like Beasley. Maybe go with a guy like uh, Craig. Like, I don't know if they're going to get that much ownership. I know Craig had 30 points, but I think more people go with Morris. at just 600 more here. But everyone's kind of in play at Porter. And if Harris are out, if Harris plays – don't really have a ton of interest in him. Harris doesn't play in Porter plays, even at 6,800. He's been so productive on a point-per-minute basis. If he gets 30 minutes in this game, should smash. Like, he's been shooting great. He's been getting boards. He's been dishing the ball. He's getting steals. Like, he's doing everything. The guy looks fantastic. 
gotten 37 plus in three of the last four games, gotten 47 plus in two of the last four games. If Porter ends up playing, I expect him to get minutes, and I really like him, but um, it all depends on the availability of both Porter and Gary Harris. Cause... But guys, guys are going to be in play from this game. It's just figuring out which one's based on the injuries. Yeah, like this is a great spot for Jokic. Not going to sit out and say that it's not a great spot. I probably still won't play him, um, but I can't acknowledge that it's a good spot for him. The guy, the guys that I like here, like I, I really like Jeremiah Grant um, in this spot. I think he's still kind of, you know, still a little bit of upside for his price in this matchup. Uh, I think Monte Morris is another guy. Like I, I'm just gonna go out and say like he's gonna cost me a bunch of money because I'm just gonna keep playing him, but. Um, the other guy that is a little interesting is Malik Beasley for tournaments. If everybody sits, um, but yeah, if Porter plays, he's guy that even at 6,800, um, I have a ton of interest in assuming that he won't have like a minutes restriction or anything, but, um, let's talk new Orleans here. We saw Zion Williamson play 18 minutes in his debut. It doesn't sound like he's going to play much more minutes wise in this next game. He went on a massive run um, where he scored – it was like 17 actual points in like four minutes. Like, he's 6,400 now. Like, I, I get that, like, if you played him the other night, you got your 7X almost, like right under 7X, and, you know, you were super happy. But, like, isn't this just another spot where we just fade him again? Yeah, he's not going to shoot 8 from 11 from the field, and he's not going to shoot 4 for 4 from beyond the arc. He may do well on a point-per-minute basis, but – Again, he's probably not going to get over 20 points here. I have more interest than the other guys in the offense. Ingram's sitting there at 8-3. Maybe takes a little bit of a hit with Zion on the offense in terms of his overall usage. But he is significantly cheaper than we've seen recently, even though with Drew up, had a massive uh, usage uptick. But both Ingram and Drew, even in a tough matchup going up against Denver, it'll be a drastic pace down spot. Both these guys have big upside here at 7-4 and 8-3. Like both of them, Lonzo, been crushing recently. Might be time to hop off of the wagon, although he's still still not got a bad price tag for the amount of minutes he's been playing at 7.1K. Like, it's just not a great matchup. I don't know if he ends up getting here. I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how exactly this offense fully operates with Zion in it as it, things start to go along. Favors, only playing mid-20s minutes. Not the worst idea in the world. But, like, you look at the 43-point game, you look at the 50-point game he had, he shot 10 for 10 from the field and tw- 10 for 12 from the field. It's not sustainable. That's not likely to happen, and that's the most shots he's put up in the last 10 games or so. Like, favors, even at 5.9K, not really a guy I'm going with. It's mostly Drew and Ingram, maybe Lonzo in the spot. But, yeah, I'm not playing favors, not playing Williamson. Man, see, I like Lonzo a lot in this spot. I just – I don't expect him to be too popular. And, like, he almost had a triple-double last game. Um, I just I just feel like we're, we're starting to finally see, like, Lonzo Ball, you know, with his ceiling games. And, like, he's just a guy that – like, he's gone over 40 fantasy points um, in, what, seven of the last ten games? Like, you know, it's – Yeah, a lot of those were with Drew, but, like, it's weird his – Point production has gone down with Drew back on the floor, but assists like and like everything's still up. Like yeah, he's getting everything. 
Every he's filling every other stat. Great. Yeah. Initially didn't like him. You might you might be right. Like he could he could still he last game he had 14 points and he put up 49 fantasy points. Yeah, it's just like for me, it's just you're looking at it, it's just like uh, I have a lot of interest. Like cause like when you're looking at playing these Denver guys, where you're gonna run it back. I think you're running it back with either Drew or Lonzo. You know, I, I'm not going to play Zion here. And Favors only played 23 minutes the other night, so I'm just super concerned about, like, his minutes in, in general. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the idea. And, like, Okafor is going to be back in this game too. So, like, you're not playing Hayes. Like, I, I just, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I might be off Ingram. Price tag's just if he does end up with a twenty-five shot adding, like he, he can, has the ceiling to pay off his price tag. He'd go for fifty, sixty. He went for sixty-nine fantasy points the other night. Like he nice. has the ceiling. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got Atlanta at OKC taking on the Thunder. Um, no total in this game. Bembry is out. Parker is out, and Trey Young is the reason that we don't have a total in this game. He's questionable. Um, and then Steven Adams is questionable on the other side. Like, we'll start here with Atlanta, but, like, this whole game depends on, like, if Trey Young plays with the thigh injury or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, if Trey plays 9.4K, he's got some upside of that price. He's got a lot of upside of that price because he has 70-point upside in any given game, um, even against a slower-paced team in OKC, who's still giving up a decent amount of points to ones. Um Trey Young, if he plays, great play. Trey Young doesn't play, then Collins, we saw exactly what he could do last game. Like if they're willing, they've given him 36 minutes in both of the last two games. This game stays close. He should end up with a pretty big outing. He'll probably be in the 50s. Teague, I know he didn't do too well last time, like, but 4,800, he's still got 25 minutes. I don't see them giving a whole lot of minutes to Goodwin again, but it's definitely possible. At 4K, Trey's out. Goodwin offers some value. Maybe he gets a little extended run here. Um, but it's those three guys. Like, Herter at 5.9K, not a terrible play. He did shoot terrible the other night, but he's still going to put up enough shot attempts to probably pay off value. Hunter, Reddish, like, both of them are fine. They should get the use of that tick. Hunter shot 16 times in the last game without Trey. Shot terribly, but still, like, put up a lot of shots. Reddish is probably my least favorite of them. Like, none of them stand off the board, but any of these guys could end up hitting value, like, pretty easily and end up with a great GBP score. See, I like Herter because, like, he, he got the – he had the ball in his hands a little bit last game, um, you know, with Trey missing the game and like Jeff Teague, you know, he ended up drawing the start, played 25 minutes. Like I, I just don't have a ton of interest in Teague. I could see playing him if you want to, if young doesn't play, but you know, for me, it's Herter. Um, I, I think Collins, obviously he's a guy that, you know, has some upside. He put up 67 fantasy points, took 22 shots um, with Trey out against the Clippers the other night. So like those are probably the two guys that I'd look at um, with Bembry out too. DeAndre Hunter is going to play a ton of minutes in this game. He's 4,400. So, um, he's another guy that you could potentially look at here just value-wise that's going to get the minutes. Like, it's not the greatest matchup, but, like, he's put up 30-plus fantasy points a couple times this season. So, 
Um, on the Thunder side of things, like obviously if you know Steven Adams sits, Noel would be a fantastic value play here. Uh fifty one hundred going up against Atlanta. Like he would be one of those guys that like you're building your cash lineups with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean it it kind of depends on I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things that could happen where other better value might open up based on Boston and the uh Miami game all the injuries there but yeah Noel's definitely a guy that you need to look at going up against Atlanta fast-paced matchup terrible against bigs Noel's in a perfect spot and should get a boatload of minutes if Adams ends up not playing but like SGA has been crushing it recently matchup versus Atlanta like we saw him put up a massive 66 point game I don't think that's possible again because he's not getting 20 boards in a game ever again but he's been crushing it on the boards recently had to double double and three straight not a terrible play. Chris Paul just consistently putting between 35 and 50 up every single game. Matchup against Atlanta, if Trey ends up playing, like this game's more likely to stay close. And Trey is just the stone-cold worst defender in the NFL. NFL, NBA. Get ready for the Super Bowl, guys. Um, Gallinari and Schroeder, both are fine plays. But it's Paul, it's SGA, and Noel probably in the opposite order. But... If Trey plays like Paul, big boost. Love him at 7-4. Yep. Um, all right, moving on. we got Phoenix at San Antonio, 229 total here. San Antonio favored by four in this game. Um, Baines is doubtful. Cam Johnson's out. Kaminsky's out. San Antonio continues to stay healthy. Um, I feel like I just jinxed it. Um, <laughs> Phoenix, <laughs> let's start here with the Suns. Like, like DeAndre Ayton, like – I know we only put up like 24 fantasy that points. That was foul got... trouble and blowout. Exactly. Like, isn't this a spot we just go right back to the well with DeAndre Ayton? Oh, absolutely. It's a fantastic matchup going up against the Spurs. Not great versus bigs. Not terrible, but not good. Not a great defensive team overall. It's going to be a high-scoring game here. Like, Ayton at 8-5. I was on him all over the place last game. Destroyed me. But now he's 100 cheaper in a much, much better matchup. He's been putting up 35 where he stayed out of foul trouble. He's put up 35 minutes or more in the last three of the last four games. The one one where he didn't got into foul trouble, been getting a ton of boards, been putting up a decent amount of shots. Like we know that he can block a bunch of shots in any given matchup here. I absolutely love Aiton Booker. Like he's not quite the same with Rubio back in with Rubio in the lineup but still going to play high 30s minutes. They've shown that they're willing to do that. Going to put up 20-plus shots. 8-7, not my favorite play on the board, but he can absolutely end up with 55, 60-plus. Rubio will have a random big game, um, but at 7-3, you shouldn't be risking it with how much usage Aiton and Booker are getting. Like It's just not going to be the same Rubio. We saw earlier in the season, he's just he'll randomly have a 60-50 point outing. But at 7-3, you can't really risk the random 20 and 25, 14-point matchups. Outside of that, like Ubre, I prefer him in high-up-paced matchups. He has a ceiling game possible, but 6-9, you're not paying that. It's Aiden, who I absolutely love, and Booker, who's a very good play. Yeah, Ubre just seems a little expensive with everybody healthy. Um, I love Aiden in this spot. I think he absolutely crushes. I think you can play Booker anytime you want. Um, I think he's a guy that could have a ceiling game anytime he's on the floor when he's shooting the ball well. So, 
those two guys are my favorite. I, I just want to point out that like Mikel Bridges continues to play, you know, really solid minutes off the bench. Um, I think he's playing off the bench still. Um, but yeah, like I think that like he's a guy that you know you could potentially look at here. Um, but yeah, with Ubre back, like Bridges, just he's kind of playing like the two, the three, and the four at points. So um, San Antonio on the other side of this game, Lamarcus Aldridge, seventy five hundred. Um, he's got a nice floor. I don't mind him in this spot. Um, Dejounte Murray, like. The minutes have kind of just disappeared again. So we got know, one day. We got one day against Atlanta. That was it. <laughs> right. Hey, you're going up against Trey Young. You get all the minutes tonight, and then we're going back to the regular routine. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what's standing out to you for San Antonio? I mean, LMA got the price increase. Yes, he had a massive game against New Orleans. It's a higher pace matchup. Going up against Phoenix, it's obviously a good matchup, but 7 5, he's probably priced about where he should be. DeRozan, I think I would prefer here at just 400 more. Prior to last game, he was on a ridiculous tear, putting up 44-plus in almost every game, averaging nearly 50 over a seven-game span or over 50 in a seven-game span. Like, he was crushing it, and he just happened to have one mediocre game versus the Pelicans where it was just Aldridge to everything. He had one assist. He had five rebounds where he had been one to two assists and blocks away from a double or triple-double in each of the prior three games. He is playing really well, and I think this is a perfect buy-low spot. We still haven't seen a ceiling game from him because he's had three 50-point games where he was one board and one assist away from a triple-double. I'm calling it tonight. He's going to get a triple-double tonight. I like it, really like him at 7.9K. I think that he's too underpriced. I don't like playing LMA, and then I'm not – not messing with Murray, not messing with anyone else. I really like DeRozan. Yeah, I like DeRozan a lot as well. Um, I think he's – LaMarcus or DeRozan are probably the only two Spurs that I end up playing here. Like, good luck figuring everything else out when it comes I to the I feel like Spurs. that's been every single day, every <laughs> single slate. Oh, it definitely feels that way. All right, uh, we got the Pacers at Golden State. No total in this game. Brogdon out with a concussion. Bowman, Evans, Looney out for Golden State. Um, this would be an amazing spot to play Brogdon if he was going to play. But with him being out, it's an amazing spot to take a shot on, you know, some of these cheap, you know, players from the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, 4.4K. Too cheap. Way too cheap. Should see a boost in minutes. Should be a boost in usage. Really like him in this spot, like. Holiday or McConnell, I don't know who's going to end up getting the start. I would suspect probably McConnell, but either one of them, like 4.9 and 4.5K. Yeah, they're too cheap. Lamb, way too cheap. Warren without Brogdon in there. Should see an uptick in usage at 36 in the last game, put up 18 shot attempts. Always has upside for a 45-point game. Sabonis, I'd have more interest in, like, if I'm bringing it back with someone because I'm a little bit worried about a blowout here then Sabonis is absolutely in play. I know he's had two bad games. One, he got in terrible foul trouble against Minnesota. Utah was a complete blowout. But outside of that, you look at every game, and he's just crushing consistently at 50. Has upside for 60 points. Magic versus Golden State is perfect for him. 
really likes the bonus here. It's a bonus. Warren, Connell, Holiday, Lamb, all of them very much in play. So McConnell started the second half the other night when Brogdon got um, the concussion. So yeah, and they've started him before in the past. Like it's he he absolutely crushed in the second half of that game um, for what it's worth. So. I like T.J. McConnell a lot in this spot. Obviously, it's a good matchup here against Golden State. I like the Jeremy Lamb call. Um, we, we've known all season that when Brogdon's off the floor, T.J. Warren gets a bump. But, like, they don't really have a great person to match up with Sabonis. Sabonis could have a monster game here. So, like the Pacers a lot here. If this game stays close, D'Angelo Russell's probably having a big game. So, I definitely don't mind, like, late hammer stacking. Um with like running it back with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Uh, yeah but pretty much. Anybody else though? Like Alec Burks maybe? His minutes yeah. are just all over the place. And it's just not a great matchup. Like if he gets the minutes, 5.9K, he can smash. Um, but he could end up with 24 minutes green. Like minutes. Don't know what they're going to be. But – like it, yeah. Just really, no one else in this spot. It's Russell. If I'm bringing it back, um, anyone else got a decent game? But Indy, tough defensive matchup, tough pace matchup. It's really just Russell on the off chance that he puts up 30 shots and makes them. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Um... Make sure I don't read the baseball one. Favorite play under 5K to 7X. Who do you got? Um, I had someone. Man, I have to scroll down a while. Deadman. Is he under 5K? 4-6. That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to go TJ McConnell. I think he draws the start, and I think he has really strong upside in this spot going up against Golden State. Uh, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust at the top today? I'm going to go with Harden. Harden. I'm going to go with Jokic. <laughs> Favorite 6X play, who do you got? Dylan Brooks, not close. Not He, he says not even close. Yeah. Dylan Brooks is like 5.7K. I mean, injuries can change things, but, like, Brooks, do you think he's going to even draw that much ownership? I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, Man, so, like, I wish we knew some of the injury news um, on this one, but I'm going to go with – Trying to think, like I, I guess I'll go Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got for a weird GPP play today? I mean, I don't know if anything's that weird. Um. I don't think DeRozan's going to draw a lot of ownership. So, DeRozan. Right. My get weird GPP play today is Daniel Tice. Um, we'll have to see how the injury news falls, but with cancer out, like I think Tice plays like the Magic play pretty big most of the time. So 
Um, I think uh, Daniel Tice is just a very interesting tournament play. I know we didn't really talk about him as we were breaking that game down. Um, give me your game selection question. Um, you know, what tournament, cash game, anything that's standing out to you across the industry? Yeah, so someone's talking about like building a bankroll with cash games. If you want to do that, like the best place is over on Fantasy Draft playing the $2.50, the 20 person $2.50 50s where it's single entry. Like the $10.50 50s, the $5 triple ups. You're not paying any rake. You can get $100, I believe, in free play on no rake a month. And then after that, you're just paying a lot. If you're building a bankroll, enter the ones where people where the guys can't mass entry or enter a lot and just go into the ones where you don't see the big name players there. You're not playing any rake on them. It's an easy way to build up a bankroll. And it's like one of the easiest spots to kind of make a lineup because they're positional eligibility. So like if you're trying to build a bankroll, the $2, the $5, the $10, $25, 50-50s over on Fantasy Draft, there's single entry are great ways to do it. All right. Um, yeah, like I like the $27 single entry tournament over there on DraftKings today. It pays almost 25% of the field. Top 10 at 42.5%. It's like right at that number that I always talk about. You know, you want the top 10 to be less than 30%, but it is a single entry tournament. Um, so really like that tournament over there. They also have this $50 single or $50 three entry max tournament that they ran last Friday. I want to see, I would love to see this tournament get a little bit bigger because like it pays 24% of the field. Min cash is 2X. Like, you know, first place is only getting 12%. It's kind of like a flat payout tournament. So like, it's one that's like super interesting um, that I just don't see. Like, I, I just want to see get bigger. Um, it'd be awesome if it was to get bigger. So, all right, Grant, um, I'm two for two this week on the street on the sharp side app, giving out and keeping the streak going here. Um, let's uh, favor over under today. Let's let's try to make it three for three and um, get keep it rolling here on the sharp side streak contest. I think I'm, I've won two straight. I don't actually know if I won mine tonight. Um, sorry, I have to pull Vegas odds. Uh, let's see. The Minnesota Houston game is going to go over. Oh, I lost my lock bet. That is disappointing. All right, Minnesota over. See, I'm like, I'm like toying with like Phoenix San 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 Antonio game going over and the Denver game going over. I'm probably gonna go ahead and lock in the San Antonio Phoenix game going over. Um, It's currently sitting at two twenty nine. And I'm going to lock in my over and try to make it three three straight here and uh, keep my streak going. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I'm going to go eat. Well, you do that. I'm going to get out of here. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back Monday talking some more basketball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.